You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. While you're there, download our mobile app. Take advantage of a free digital Bible that you can carry around with you. But also, we've got all of our teachings on there and an awesome online community that you can pray with, be a part of. We post some pretty funny stuff on there sometimes as well. And if you're listening any t- anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Don't want you to miss anything as we go through our study. And we are in... Matthew chapter 19. Now, we've got about about uh, under 10 chapters left now, uh, and we're getting there. And uh, I know I've got some suggestions as to where we should go next. We'll talk about that. There's a lot for us to talk about going into this new year. I want to remind you uh, and actually inform you that we were supposed to air the or stream the conversation with Pastor Michael Miano on Monday. I think I'm going to push that to Tuesday so we have another day to promote it. So Tuesday night, 8 p.m., we're going to have a great conversation with Pastor Mike Miano around the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. He was on the ground there in the midst of that, and that's been going on for a long time. But he really offers uh, some great perspective, and we we have uh, a very— detailed and interesting conversation around Christianity's role in all of this, and uh, you will definitely enjoy that. So next Tuesday night at uh, 8 p.m., and uh, all right, let's get started. Hope you are all having a blessed day so far. Yesterday, we were in Matthew chapter 19, and it kicks off with the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus with the question around divorce. And as we shared during the time of Jesus's um, earthly ministry, uh, there were two schools of thought on the divorce. Right there was uh, there was uh, Shammai and Hillel. Right Th- these are these were two uh, rabbis. One was very strict; the other uh, not so much. And everyone loved the not so much because it really meant that you could get divorced for whatever reason you know you wanted. Um, but what Jesus focused on, right, because they were trying to trap him. They were trying to get him to either take a side that what didn't exactly line up with Moses and they wanted him or they wanted him to take the other side where uh, he he would become less popular because he, at this point in his ministry, I mean, we're getting pretty close to the cross. He is being followed by the multitudes. He's getting more and more detested by the religious leaders of that time, and we know ultimately he's going to be delivered, uh, arrested, and and delivered for execution by crucifixion. But Jesus comes back, and he focuses on the godly marriage. He goes all the way back to the book of Genesis and talks about not the conditions of divorce, but the conditions in which God has established the, the sanctity and the union of marriage. And he focuses on this. And what we really boiled it down to is a focus on, well, what does God want? You know, often we want to really kind of look at some of the challenges that we have in our life, and and we're more concerned about what we want versus what God wants. Now, the, the little secret of it all 
is that when we focus on what God wants, even though we may think it's contrary to what we want, uh, when we follow what God has for our life, there's fulfillment in that. And so often, I would say 100% of the time, if you pursue what God wants, first you have to ask the question, but then you pursue what God wants, you, you look back and you say, man, I'm glad I didn't get what I wanted. How many of you out there have prayed for something and now you look back and you say, you know, I uh, I am glad that God didn't answer that prayer because it would not have been the right thing for my life. So it, it we see Jesus addressing marriage and giving them an answer that they don't necessarily want, right? And he basically says that, hey, if whoever whoever divorces, unless it's because of sexual immorality and and then goes on and marries again, it commits a, a, adultery. Now, I need to address a very important thing because I I officiate many weddings a year. And I see people on their second marriage, and I want to say that God is a God of redemption. So if you're out there and you have had a divorce or what have you, God, you are not like cursed for the rest of your life. You're not walking around with the need to wear a scarlet letter on your on your chest. All right, God is a God of forgiveness and a God of redemption. And although God, you know divorce in some cases is permitted, you know it's one of those things in life that's not really it's 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 not necessarily ordained right like it says that you know the everything is somewhat permissible but uh but not everything is profitable and of course god wants us to get into you know relationships but just know that god loves you as the individual and he's with you through the good times he's with you through the tough times he's with you through the good decisions and he's with you through the bad decisions and the challenging decisions right he he's he's there with you and that's just important to know one of the aspects of being a good parent uh, right a good i'm sorry uh, having a strong marriage and a strong household is being a good parent, right? And that's what we get into. We're only going to cover really two verses today uh, with the remaining time that we have, but it's really awesome that Jesus is, you know, addressing marriage and then we move on to uh, parents bringing him ch their children. Let's just go ahead and read. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 19, 13 through 15. I'm going to read it through because it's so short, and then we will kind of hit on a couple of points here. It says, Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. We'll get to them in a second. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. So... Again, we see Jesus teaching about strong marriages or teaching about God, godly marriage, and then we see parents bringing their children to him. Now, it was customary um, on the evening before the Day of Atonement for parents to bring their children to the elders to be blessed. So this is, um, this is not something that's new to... Uh, the Jewish culture, that was a Jewish custom for a long time. But we see the amazing characteristic of Jesus here in that he loves children. He loves children. He loved the lepers. 
notice a pattern here of godliness. It is loving those and caring for those who often cannot care for themselves. Right? And notice a contrast. We've got a real dichotomy here because I want to I want to pick on the disciples here for a second. If you've been listening along on this program, it was not long ago, right? Beginning of Matthew chapter 18, where they're asking, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? And what does Jesus do? He brings over a child. He says, unless you are like this child, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And we talked about the characteristics of a child. So I don't know how much time has elapsed between then and now. It could have been minutes. I'd have to go back and really see if we can you know, judge that or, or is it a week is it a couple of days, but did these men not learn anything? <laughs> I mean, here they are, they're there and we see parents bringing their children to, to Jesus, right? Probably the, one of the greatest things that we as parents can do. And I mean that in a sense of both physical parents, right? Those of us who have physical children, but those of us who are spiritual parents as well. And if you're not used to that term, what does that mean? Listen, God will put, if you are willing, God will put people in your place that you can be a spiritual mother or father to, okay? Many people, some people come out of great homes and they still need a spiritual mother and father, somebody who who can be that example for them. And then sometimes we know people grow up in really rough circumstances in their home, and you have an opportunity, I have an opportunity to be, to fill in that gap for people and to be that far. I can look back at my walk, and I had you know, men in my life that were spiritual fathers to me. Okay, I've got I've got a, a dad that I'm in, you know that I'm connected with. That love him. He loves me. But th- there were men in my life that I needed that were that drew me to godliness. Okay, to to be more Christ like, and it's one of the most amazing things that we can do is to bring those whom God allows to be under our care to Jesus. Now let's address the disciples here with the next few minutes that we have, okay? These guys were <laughs> – this should be for you and I. I don't want to say encouraging, okay, because I don't – I'm not encouraged by other people's weakness, right? The, 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 the concept of, you know, elevating my own self by looking at others. Look, at the, I'm not looking to be better than you today. I'm looking to be better than me yesterday. Does that make sense? So I'm not saying let's look at them and puff ourselves up. But to me, the encouraging thing is, wow, sometimes these guys just did not get it. And I could say the very same thing about myself, that there there are concepts that it took me years, even when I knew what was right and what was wrong, took me years to allow what was right to manifest itself in my life. Now, Going back, would I have loved to accelerate that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? But we see these men and women that follow Jesus everywhere that they went, and still, still, they fall. Okay? So, you know, I I grew up in a denomination where a lot of these, you know, 
men and women, the apostles, the disciples, you know, are elevated to almost deity-like, you know, existences. But I, I will say, you know, thank God for them. These are the forefathers of the new covenant, right? These are the ones that Jesus, when he gives his great commission, well, we're going to go over that in Matthew chapter 28, and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. They were the ones that went therefore. They were the ones that went. You and I in this generation are now the ones that go. We are the saints of this generation. I know that sounds strange. But we are the saints of this generation. We are the ones that go. And understand, a saint is not somebody who walks on water. I don't walk out this door like I will in the next couple minutes. And again, I'm not better than everybody else. But I have a truth inside of me that needs to come out. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So let's get back to this conversation. Parents bring the children to Jesus and they start rebuking. Saying, get away. And I want to dive into this dichotomy between godliness and what we see as the flawed human condition, right? All of us succumb to the flawed human condition at times. All of us will do so today. If, you, if you've ever lived a perfect day in your life, I want to know about it, okay? I, and I'm not doubting it. You know, maybe I never have, okay? But there is a real contrast between the way Jesus approaches things. Again, probably the only person in the room that could say, hey, you know what? I don't want this. You know, (laughs) had the authority to do whatever he wanted. But you see the selfishness of the disciples, whether they wanted Jesus all to themselves. I, I don't know. I can't totally get in their mind. All I know is, is that they weren't quite grasping and were very close to the cross, by the way. Very, um, they were not quite grasping what Jesus is trying to do here in the full example. And they're operating in selfishness, right? Selfishness, and we as parents, and I want you to imagine yourself, even if you don't have children, as spiritual parents. Again, right? God will put people in your path that you can be an example to. God will put people in your path that perhaps your strength can help fill the gap of where they are weak. And and pray if God has called you to a particular group of people. Some people love working with children. Some people love working with the homeless. Some people love working with the sick. I tell you, all of those things are amazing. Where we get in trouble is when we just want to be about self. And that's really what we're talking about here, the dichotomy between self selfishness and selflessness. And we're really seeing it here in this account, okay? Jesus, we know, lays his hands on the children. He says the kingdom of heaven is for such as these, right? And this, investing in the next generation, I mean, what could be more selfless than that? It's not just about my life. It's not just about your life. We need to protect this next generation with everything that we have, with everything that we have. And there's a million ways to do that by making sure that they have the opportunity, by making sure that they have the education, by making sure that they feel loved, by making sure that they are brought to Jesus. That is 
an amazing responsibility that you and I have, and it's a way for us to not just live our life. Because selfishness says, you're in my way. Selfishness says, you're interrupting what I want to do. Selfishness says, your weakness, your naivety, your immaturity is a nuisance to me. Right? And we all know that sometimes it is not easy to deal with children. It is not easy to deal with folks, big and little, that are maybe immature. But we have the opportunity to be Christ-like, to be patient with them. Let's, what does selflessness say? Bring them here so I can bless them. Selflessness says, I want to be in their presence. We don't understand sometimes the ministry of presence, just being there. And as somebody who, uh, if, I, if I can just be real, as somebody who I, I operate and run my own business, I'm obviously in ministry. I have five kids. I have to stop myself sometimes and say, you know what? Of all the things you are doing outside of the house to try to, you know, provide for the house, are you being present for the ones whom God put under your care? And I have to check myself on that all the time. Am I spending enough time with my children? Am I doing the first thing, my, my first responsibility, my first ministry outside of loving God, outside of making sure that I love my wife properly, and that is bringing my children to Jesus. And lastly, selflessness says, I see that you have a weakness. Where can I bring some of the strength that God has given me to the table? to help fill that gap. It's a way for us to be Christ-like, to care for the next generation. And sometimes the next generation is hard to care for. I, the older I get, it's funny. You know, I think about, uh, you know, <laughs> I think about Clint Eastwood, right? And and some of his movies. I forget what movie that is. Was it El Camino? No, not El Camino. What was that movie? I don't know. Hit, hit me in the comments if you know what it is. But it's where he's like that crotchety old man that's across the street, you know, kind of get off my lawn type of guy. Um, but then he really takes a young man under his wing and protects him. And, you know, that's just an awesome image. Listen, we can we can sit there and say, get off my lawn uh, to the rest of the world. But what God really wants us to do is to welcome people with open arms, is to be good parents physically and spiritually. And, and the best example here of being a good parent is being willing to bring people, to bring our children into the presence of Jesus. Because where we're weak, Jesus will take care of the rest. I know I fall as a dad every single day. I know I, I, I could be doing better. But if I bring my children to Jesus, he will fill in that gap, right? We can all imagine that. I'm sure every single person within the sound of my voice has had difficulties growing up. Nobody lived in a house where your parents are perfect. But Jesus, Jesus can fill that gap, right? What can heal 
the wounds of the past more than knowing that the creator of the universe loves you so much that he gave his only son that all you need to do is believe in him and have eternal life, right? He, he made a way that he loves you so much that he wants you in his presence. So many of us feel like we're not wanted. So many of us feel like we're pushed away. So many th- of us think we're not worthy. But don't look at what other people do. Look at what God did for you. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are a protector of those who sometimes can't protect themselves, and that means us. (laughs) We are your children, but you love us, and you want us to be in your presence. Father, help us to strengthen ourselves, Lord God, and surround ourselves with people that can uplift us as well. And Father, for the areas where we may be falling short, for the times we get frustrated, where we're a lot more selfish than selfless, help reveal that to us as well. We can see through your word that you were patient with the disciples. So we know it's in your nature. nature. We know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. We know that perfect love is patient. And we thank you that you're patient with us. Help us to give others that same love and to be able to invite them both in our presence and ultimately lead them to you, Lord God, because we know that you can change any situation. Help us to be better parents physically and spiritually because you are the perfect parent and the perfect example. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. You're listening to The 1% Christian, and we will continue with Matthew chapter 19 with the rich young ruler coming up next in the next few days. I love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome weekend.